Okay, Genesis chapter number 39. Genesis chapter number 39. And before, um, before I read the scripture, I want to ask the Lord for his help and um, that God would bless um, everything said today. Father, I come before you. And Lord, you see my heart and you see my need for, um, for your help and for your strength and for your ability to communicate um, your word this morning. I ask you to help me. I ask you um, to help your people listen. And Lord, um, we just pray you bless the service this morning and the service tonight. May we be encouraged from Joseph's life. And maybe we'd be challenged to be good servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, please bless um, this service in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 39, and where we, where we left Joseph was he was being sold to some traveling, um, I, I believe they were Midianites, um, tra- um, they were people that um, sold goods and um, they, they purchased Joseph as a slave and they took him to Egypt and they made a profit on him and they sold him to um, an Egyptian named Potiphar. But the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. And that's a wonderful thing about being a Christian. The Lord is with us. No matter the trials that we're going through, no matter the hardships that our life faces, uh, we have the Lord. And the Lord says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. But let's begin reading in Genesis 39 and verse number 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard... An Egyptian bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. Now notice this. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight. And he served him. And he made him an overseer over his house. And all that he had put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him an overseer in his house. And over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. We see in this portion of scripture, Joseph's advancement as a slave. In verse 1, he is purchased as a slave. And you must realize, as a slave, Joseph had no rights. 
he had to do what his master Potiphar wanted him to do. And if he didn't obey, he would have been beaten into submission. It's evident, though, um, Joseph didn't need to be beat. It's evident that Joseph served Potiphar as if he was serving the Lord. And he served Potiphar with all of his heart. And we notice in verse 3 that Potiphar was watching him. And it says, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hands. Now, Joseph was just a teenager. He was just 17 years old when he became a slave of Potiphar. And so we don't know how long Potiphar watched him, but it became evident that everything Joseph touched, God blessed. God blessed him. And it wasn't long, it tells us in verse 4, that Joseph found grace in his sight, in Potiphar's sight, and he served him. Now, we don't know how many slaves Potiphar had, but at some point, Potiphar said, you're going to be my personal servant. You're going to be my personal um, attendant. And Joseph began serving, um, serving Potiphar. And then we know, also notice in verse 4 that, that he was then again promoted to be the overseer over his house and over all that he put in his hand. And so it wasn't long before Potiphar said, you're in charge of my house and you're in charge of this and you're in charge of this and you're in charge of this. And guess what? Um, He was blessed immensely. And it says in verse 5 that God blessed Joseph's stewardship. Now, remember, a steward is someone that manages someone else's wealth. And so he, is, he, is, he has been promoted from a, uh, just a basic slave to Potiphar's personal attendant. And now he is in charge of, jo- of, of Potiphar's house. And it says in verse 5, And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, And over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. So God was blessing him as a steward. And notice what it says in verse number six. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hands. So initially it was, take care of my house, take care of this, take care of this. But now Joseph is taking care of all of Potiphar's things. And really, he came to a place where, he com- where, where Joseph was completely trusted by Potiphar. The only, thing, um, the only thing Potiphar had to worry about was, where am I going to get my food? Everything else. He didn't. It says there in verse number six, and he knew not aught that he had. 
God was, advan- uh, God was blessing his house. He was growing in wealth. Um, he had so much. And Joseph was doing such a good job that, that he didn't even know all that he had. He, he completely trusted Joseph. That word left all means to loosen, to relinquish everything to Joseph's care. He wasn't worried about anything. Joseph took care of everything. Now, there's a great parallel between Joseph and between us as Christians. The Bible tells us that if you are a born-again Christian, now a born-again Christian is someone that has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their only way to heaven. You can't get to heaven by your works. Your sin is taking you to hell. And the only payment for your sin is Jesus Christ. He died on the cross to pay the penalty of your sin. And the Bible says if you'll turn to Jesus and trust him, you can become his child. And if you have trusted Jesus Christ, the Bible says that you are redeemed. You are redeemed. We sing that word. It's not a word that we use often in our in our culture today, but the word redeem means to liberate or to give freedom by the payment of a ransom. Now, when Joseph was bought by the Ishmaelites and brought to Potiphar, um, Potiphar purchased him, but he didn't set him free. He didn't set him free. He became Potiphar's property. But when Jesus saves us, we are the slaves of sin. But Jesus saves us and he gives us liberty and freedom. Now, however, we do become the property of Christ. We do become his property. The Bible says that we are his slaves. We are his servants. The word redeem means to liberate by the payment of a ransom. And if you're a Christian, you were purchased out of the bondage to sin. Acts 20 and verse 28 says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God. So Metro Baptist Church, you are the church of God. And the Bible says, which he, which Christ hath purchased with his own blood. Wasn't that the song we listened to during, um, j- during the offering? Jesus wore our crown of thorns. Jesus died on the cross for us. Why did he do that? He did that to purchase us, to purchase us out of sin and to give us new life in himself. First Peter 1 tells us, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, we were redeemed. We were purchased with the precious blood of Christ. 
as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Jesus is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Romans 6 says that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth, from now on, we should not serve sin. We don't have to be the slaves to sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Jesus Christ paid the price to set, him, set us free. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, the Apostle Paul is talking about two classes of people that were becoming saved, were becoming born-again people. He talked about slaves um, that were accepting Christ, and they were the servants of Christ. But he was also talking about people that were free. Now, everybody here today, we are free men. We are free women. We, are, we have our liberty. Slavery is not part of our society. Um, but the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 7, 22, he that is called being free is Christ's servant. Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. And so we have been called, even though we're free people, we have been purchased and now we belong to Jesus Christ. We are purchased slaves of Christ. And the Bible teaches us that we need to be content with our lot in life. We need to be content with the, with the authorities that we live under and work under. Um, I want you to look at this instruction to slaves in Ephesians chapter 6. Many of the first century Christians were slaves. And their salvation in Christ, it didn't liberate them from their, from their life's profession or their life's place of being a slave. And so how are they to live as slaves, as Christians? How are they to live? And how are we to live as Christians? Even though we have our freedom, how are we to live at school? How are we to live at work? How are, to, how are we to live as Christ's servants in this life? Well, look at Ephesians chapter 6. And verse 5, Ephesians 6 and verse 5, the Bible says, servants. That's, that's a word that sounds better for slaves, but it, it's the same word. Servants or slaves, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. With fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to man. 
knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. There's a great principle in this scripture. In every task, under every authority. Now, if, if, if you work a job, you're under the authority of your boss. You're under the authority of the owner. You're under the authority of, of, of someone that runs that company. Um, how are you to work? How are you to live? Well, the Bible says in every task and under every authority, we are to serve the greater Lord. Children, teenagers, God has put you in a family. You're under the authority of your parents. And so when you're doing your chores at home, when your parents give you an instruction, you are to serve them. You are to honor them as unto the Lord. You know, um, your obedience to your parents is not just... Um, it, it, it affects your relationship with the Lord. Your obedience to them should be out of a heart of wanting to obey God. And, and when you go to work, your desire needs to be, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to work this job to please my boss. I'm going to work this job to please my God. And if I please my God, most likely I'm going to please my boss. Probably the only time you wouldn't please your boss is if your boss wanted you to do something illegal. And you say, no, I'm a Christian. I'm not doing that illegal thing. I'm going to please my Lord before I please you. But if you go to work every week and you do your very best and you're trying to please the Lord, guess what? Most likely, um, those that you are working for will be very, very pleased. And so we know that this scripture in Ephesians wasn't written when Joseph was a slave, but it's obvious from watching his life that God gave him grace. Remember, we're, we have those verses in James chapter 4 that we're, that we're focusing on. God poured out grace. God poured out grace on Joseph while he was a slave, because he humbled himself before God, he submitted to his lot in life, he submitted to the fact that he was now a slave, and he worked for Potiphar as if he was working for the Lord. And throughout these difficulties, he stayed close to God, and God blessed him in a wonderful way. Joseph submitted to God and served Potiphar with all of his heart. You know, we have another great example. If you turn over to Philippians chapter number two, Philippians chapter number two, Jesus Christ, who is called the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in the word of God, he humbled himself and became a servant and who did he serve? He served humanity. He served his disciples. He served those that he walked amongst. He was the king of kings and lord of lords. 
He is worthy of every knee bowing and every tongue confessing that he is the Lord. And yet he became a servant. And we are told that we we need to have the same mind that Jesus had. Look at Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He knew he was God. He knew he was equal with God. It was no robbery. It was no blasphemy for him to think himself to be God. But it says in verse 7, he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, the form of a slave. And he was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus didn't have to die on the cross. He chose to die on the cross. And it tells us in verse 9 that God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That word Lord means master to the glory of God the Father. As Christians, we have been redeemed. We have been purchased by Jesus Christ with his precious blood. And the Bible tells us that God now lives inside of us. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse 19. Just back a few pages. It says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of God? No, temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. What was that price? The precious blood of God. Of Christ, as of a lamb without spot and without blemish. We are bought with a price, with the precious blood of Christ. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We belong to God. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us, and it is our responsibility to glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which are God's. And so what kind of slaves do we need to be? What kind of servants of God do we need to be? We need to be wholehearted slaves, wholehearted servants. You know, Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with, thy might for there is no work nor device nor knowledge nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest we need to 
We need to serve the Lord with all our might. And then um, the New Testament has some um, challenges for us as his servants. We need to be, we need to heartily serve the Lord. Look at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3 and verse 22. It says, servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily. Do it heartily. Do it from your soul. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We need to do it devotedly. In this, in this scripture, Jesus, um, the Apostle Paul compares our service to Christ as a runner that runs a race. When a runner runs a race, they run to win the race. They put their whole heart into it. Um, when someone is is, is bo a boxer or a, an athlete or a, a long-distance cyclist or a, a marathon runner. The Bible tells us in this portion of Scripture that they are temperate. They are self-controlled in all things. And so the, the, the boxer and the marathon runner, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we as God's servants... We are serving him for a incorruptible crown. And the Bible tells us in verse number 27, 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 27, we are to keep under, but I keep under my body. That word keep under means to beat my body black and blue, to subdue its passions. Now, God doesn't want us beating ourselves up with a stick. But he wants us treating um, our flesh with authority. And he wants us bringing our flesh into subjection. This word subjection here means slavery. To discipline into subjection. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So we need to devotedly serve the Lord bringing this body into subjection to the Lord. It tells us in Romans 12, 11, that we need to fervently serve the Lord, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. That word fervent means hot in spirit, like um, just serving the Lord with all of our might. And in 1 Corinthians 15, we're almost there. Go over to 1 Corinthians 15, 10. We need to serve the Lord. We need to serve the Lord by his grace, by his grace. We need his grace. Um, it tells us, the apostle Paul says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. We need God's grace 
to be his faithful servants. Joseph, he was a slave, but he served Potiphar as if he was serving the Lord. And he served the Lord devotedly. He served the Lord heartily. He served the Lord fervently. And he served the Lord dependently. I'm sure often he cried out to God for help. He cried out to God for assistance and strength. And God blessed, God blessed Joseph. God advanced Joseph. And God wants to bless us as his servants. He wants us to serve him by grace. We don't have time to look at the portion of scripture this morning. But in Matthew 25, there's a parable of a master leaving his servants, entrusting to those servants his wealth. To one he gave five talents, to one he gave two talents, to one he gave one talent. And the two, the one that had five and the one that had two, when the Lord returned, the Lord said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee a ruler over many things. And that's what we see in Joseph's life. He was faithful as a 17-year-old slave. At some point, Potiphar noticed and said, boy, everything this boy touches, God blesses. Um, I want him to be my personal attendant, my personal slave. And it wasn't long as he continued to see God blessing him that he made him the overseer of his house and over a few things that he um, um, gave to Joseph to do. And it wasn't long before he saw that everything, his whole household, all of his wealth was greatly blessed because of Joseph's faithfulness. And eventually, he left everything in Joseph's hands. Joseph was a good and faithful servant. He was faithful over a few things, and God gave him more and more things. And as, as, our, as being God's servants, as being Christ's slaves, God wants us to be faithful. God wants us to be faithful, depending on his grace and depending on his help and his mercy. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Lord, we thank you for what we've learned this morning from the life of Joseph. Lord, you're a wonderful master. You're a wonderful owner. We belong to you if we're saved. And Father, help us by your grace to be good and to be faithful servants. Father, help us in Jesus' name.